Welcome to One Hope Church in Temple City, California. This is our podcast, and thanks for joining us. In these challenging days, if you're looking for hope and encouragement, you found a good place. We hope God's Word inspires you, speaks to your heart, and grows your faith. Enjoy the message. Good morning to each one of you, and uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. If you're listening to me right now, it's the new year, 2022. And I wish you and your family just a, a great new year. I hope it's really, really is a very wonderful year for you. Well, as you can tell, uh, this morning we're not in church. Um, a lot has gone down the last week or two, not only in California, but across the whole United States with all this COVID stuff. And it's uh, gone through our church, our staff, different people, my personal family, my grandchildren. And uh, we thought uh, it would be good this Sunday to have service, have virtually, and hopefully these couple of weeks, the weather will change, we'll get through this, and next Sunday we will meet again and uh, worship together in this church. And the new series we are going to be doing is the one called It's a Matter of Trust. We're going to talk about trust, okay? And it's going to be a great four-part series. You're going to love it. But this morning, what I want to do is give you a thought that sort of concludes 2021 and brings in 2022. And if you know anything about New Year's, New Year's really stands for one very interesting thing that many people do. New Year's resolutions. We're saying and thinking of things we want to do that will better ourselves, our lives, uh, financially, physically, whatever, okay? Uh, the sales of exercise equipment is unbelievable, okay? And uh, all kinds of people are making these resolutions. And then the other thing about it, you probably know it's true, that within the joke, within 30 days, most of these resolutions, they're gone. We don't fulfill them for whatever reason, okay? Well, I want to do a little take on that, but put a twist on it. And I want to approach this message and to each one of you with a real challenge, not only looking back on 21, but looking forward to 22. I want to ask you a very interesting question. Very interesting question. The question is this. What do you value the most? What do you value the most? What in your life is worth the most, means the most to you? What are the things in your life that dominate you, drive you, uh, Take up some of your time, your energy, your money, whatever. What are the things that value the most? And if you list these as five things, why did you list those five things? Because I want you to think of five things that you value the most. Now, give you a minute, and even if you uh, are at home and you can put this on pause for a second, put it on pause, get a piece of paper and a pen, and write down, these are the five things that mean the most to me in my life. They make up a great majority of my life. Now think with me, what are they? What are the five? Now I want to read a portion of scripture that gives us some meaning into where I've got this concept about 
the value and the worth of some, some things in our life. In Philippians chapter 3, it's a great book, Philippians, Paul writes these words. Listen to what he says in Philippians 3, verse 7. If you have your Bible, go get it. Philippians 3, verse 7. He says, listen, whatever was to my profit, I now consider a loss for the freshness of knowing Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whose sake, yeah, I've lost many things. In fact, the things I've lost, I consider them rubbish now. I consider them rubbish. That I may gain Christ. I want to be found in him. I don't have a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. It comes through faith. Faith in Christ. That righteousness comes from God. Now I tell you, I want to know. I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to share in his fellowship, even his sufferings. I want to become like him. And somehow, I want to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Now, have I already obtained all this? No. I haven't already obtained all this. Am I made perfect already? No. But I press on to take hold for that for which Jesus took hold of me. My friends, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But I'll tell you one thing I do. I forget what is behind me. I strain towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me. Heavenward, heavenward in Jesus. Now, all of us, all of us who are mature, you should think the same way on these things. And if on some point you think a little differently, God will make it clear to you. And here, verse 16, only let us hold true to what we have already attained. You know, when I read that portion of Scripture, what, what got to me is, and you could sense his desire to really be a godly man. He had truly given himself over to God, Paul. And Paul was a very successful man. High on the social scale, high on the financial scale. He had everything. And now things have changed in his life. And he says, one of my passions right now in life is to pursue God. I, I, I want to obtain things in my relationship with God. And I'm going to keep pressing forward. This isn't easy, he says. But I'll tell you, I'm going for it. You could watch me. You could observe me. I'm going for it. In fact, he says, I'll be honest with you. You know, some of those things I thought were uh, very valuable in my life, things I'd given a lot of my time to, I'll tell you something. They're garbage. And the translation there basically is they're like manure. The things, some of these things that I thought were of so much value, they were manure, really. That's all it was. 
rubbish. And I'd given a lot of my time, effort, money, whatever, to some of these things. But no more. I want to know God. And my life will depict the man who's running that race to fully know the Lord. Now, with that in mind, let's go back to what I asked you around five minutes ago. The title of this message is, What Do You Value the Most? What do you value the most in your life? What are five things? I like to use five as like a handful. What are five things that mean the most to you? Family, uh, getting ahead in my job, uh, a car I drive, uh, a family member. I, I don't know what it is. What are those five things in your life mean the most to you? And number two, are you really giving a lot of yourself to those things that you say are of value? You could say it. It's easy to say this, 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 this. But the point, are you really doing things for it? Are you conveying, this means a lot to me? Now, I'll give you two personal examples. Late 70s, um, I had a car. It was a 280Z. 280Z. Dotson 280Z. Great car. Just a, a great sports car. I bought it from a man who had owned it for almost two years, and we sort of became friends, and he was going to get another car. And he uh, said, I'm going to show you this. He's, and he told me, Pastor Mike, this is a beautiful car. I'm going to tell you right now. And then he said, I'm going to show you how you treat this car and what to do. First of all, I never heard anybody say, this is how you treat a car. But as you got to know Dan, man, he was telling the truth. He said, I'll tell you about this car. And he showed me things. In his garage, he had special brushes, special buckets, special car wax just for the car. He told me, whenever you're out on the road and you come in, if it was raining out or whatever, you pull into your garage, and before you go inside, you rub that car down. Get rid of all the spots and all that. And he said, when you wash it now, I'm going to give you some advice how to wash it. You just don't wash the body of the car. He says, here, I'm going to give you two special brushes where you get in between the wheel wells down there where those hubcaps are and you clean that really good and then here's a bigger brush and where the wheels are the four wheels underneath you scrub underneath the wheel well of a car now i'm listening to him talk i'm going you gotta be kidding he went on another 10 minutes he said this is what i've done for two years this is what i do with my cars i love my cars and I treat them as they are one of the most valuable things in my life, which he did. Well, I bought the car from him. It was a beautiful car. I remember one day, around a week later, it rained some. I pulled in my garage. but a long day. I go get this towel to dry it down. And it's hitting me. What in the world am I doing? A long day, I haven't even gone into the house 
to get my Pepsi or go to the restroom. I'm drawing cars and underneath the wheel well, too. Honest? I couldn't tell Dan this. I didn't follow his advice. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I love the car, but I couldn't handle it and do what he had invested in the car. It wasn't that important to me. I love the car. It was a nice car. It drove great. Got me around for a few years. I treated it good. Oil changes and all these things, but come on. I'm not cleaning under the wheel well of a car. Okay? I ain't got time for this. Story number two. Had a young girl, my former church in Hacienda Heights, uh, made the Olympic team. Olympic team in swimming. And uh, she, for <clears throat> years, years, would train. And here she was a junior in high school. In her junior, senior year, she was gone an average of five mornings and evenings a week training. She got up at four in the morning, trained until she had to go to school. Then she went to school. After school, she would lift weights and train some more, get home around 6, 6.30, and do it again. Day after day, for over a year. Day after day. It cost her some social events as a junior and a senior, but her dedication to make the Olympic team. And you saw that dedication. I wouldn't get up at 4, 4.30 every morning if I didn't have to. There's no way I want to get up that early. I don't think she got up every morning enthusiastic. Yay, it's 4 in the morning and I'm getting up. I don't think she felt like that. But she did it because the Olympics meant so much to her. So much. And so she did it. And so if I even asked Dan or this young girl, what are five things that you value the most? You don't know Dan, but good chances one of the five are his cars. They're in there because of his effort, his time, his sweat, the things he bought for it. For it. If you ask this young girl, junior in high school, what are the five things you value the most? One of them probably would be the dream to make the Olympic team. Okay? Now, with that said, this is what I'm trying to get across. In life, we all have things we quote-unquote value. They're worth something. They mean a lot to us. My five might be different than your five. Does it mean you're right or I'm right? Everybody's a little different. But in life, it's not only the things we value, but it's what we put into that that gives us its value. Do we hide something behind lock and key? Do we put some stuff in a, a safe deposit box in a bank because of the value? It means so much to us, not just money-wise. Now with you, what do you do? What do you do in your life that shows, hey, this means a lot to him? If I took the opportunity 
or if you took the opportunity, I'm going to follow you for 30 days. Sort of quietly behind you. I'm going to observe you for 30 days. And then I'm going to write, here are the things that mean the most to this person. If you follow me for 30 days, Pastor Mike, I sort of know you're there, you're just there. My mornings, afternoon, evening, whatever, weekends. And after 30 days, you had to write, here are the things that mean a lot to Pastor Mike. And not just words, he said. It's what he did with these thoughts, these concepts. See, that's what I'm trying to get across today as we begin 2022. What do you value and are you really putting the time and effort that says they are of value? Now, I'll be very honest. I'll be going to be honest about myself in a minute. Many of us, friends, can list some things five things and they're nice things we list whatever but the point is our lifestyle does not depict that those things are really the ones of value even though we say it now I'm going to give you a great example for me in my 40s I'm in my 40s I go to have uh, a checkup at my doctor good friend of mine, and he, he um, runs all these different tests and everything, and I've known him for years. And then I, I come back to his office around two weeks later. I'm waiting in one of these little rooms. He comes in. I've known him for years. Comes in, and he just stops, and he looks at me like this. And I'm looking at him, waiting for him to say something. And he looks at me, and he says, Pastor Mike, I want to tell you something. Go ahead. He says, I don't want to lose you. What? I don't want to lose you. What do you mean you don't want to lose me? He says, I don't want to lose you. I'm going to show you things here. I'm going to show you where your blood pressure is. I'm going to show you where your cholesterol is and all these other things. I'm going to show you something. And if you continue on this road the way you're going, I'm going to lose you. Your children are going to lose their father. And your wife's going to lose her husband. I don't care that you're a pastor. I don't care if you just say here that you love God. I'm showing you things here that if you continue this way of life, you're going to have a stroke or something. I'm going to lose you, and I don't want to lose you. Okay. We talked some more. And... um, I went home, walked in the house. My wife knew I had a doctor's appointment. She uh, she asked me, well, how did it go? The results and everything. We sat down in the living room and I said, well, what he said to me, Gilda, was that he didn't want to lose me. He said, 
I continue this way, something's going to happen to me. Stroke something. He showed me things. He said, this is going to be your choice. And I began to cry in the living room. I'm holding my wife's hand. I said, this is crazy. Gil, this is crazy. I love God with all my heart. I'm serving him. I'm loving people. I'm speaking. I'm doing the family thing. I'm doing everything good. People can say his sermons weren't prepared. He's not a good pastor. I mean, I'm putting in over the 40 hours. I mean, I'm doing the best I can. And my health is being wasted away. In the middle of my car, there is a console. Okay? You know what's in the middle of the console? Bottles of my Lanta. My Lanta. For stomach. Acid, whatever you want to call it, different things. I drink that like it was water, arrowhead water. But I kept going. Not going to miss. There's no one like you, Pastor Mike. This, all this. And if you would ask me back there, list your five things. And if I would have put health, my body is very important to me. You would have had to look at me after a while and say, you're a liar. It's not. Your lifestyle, what you're eating, isn't good for you. You don't exercise, you eat the wrong food, you're eating fast food on the go, you're doing this and this, you're not properly resting. No, health isn't in your five. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. You could put it on the list, Pastor Mike, but you're not doing it. And it was right. I had a, an awakening in my 40s. A week after that, I had to go uh, back east to speak. And I had to land in Dallas and then go to Florida. I land in Dallas, and I got to change planes. And I'm, I'm walking through the airport, and I see this big sign on one of the walls, big poster. And the poster said this, I did not think it could happen to me. Was a young gentleman, not my age. I did not think it could happen to me. And under there was the caption, a stroke. This is crazy. Dan showed me in his life something that was of value and worth to him and he lived it out and believed it, if he liked it or not. This young girl showed me what was worth something to her to make the Olympics. And she just didn't say, I want to make the Olympics. She lived and breathed it and gave a lot of her time and effort to it. Okay? In conclusion... I want to ask you again. What do you value the most? Five things in your life. 
What? And does your life truly depict those five as value and worth? Do they? Now, I don't know what your five are. I'm going to give you my five. And I've had a lot more time to think than you. And you could, when we're done with the service, you could take time and just think about this. Here are five things that I grab onto. And I'm not putting them in any order of importance or whatever. Just these are five things that mean so much to me. Number one is my health. If, if I don't have this health, a lot of the other stuff is going to come true. Okay? It's not going to come true. If I don't have my health, I really don't get to be a grandpa, and I love my grandkids. If I lose my health at the 40s back there, then I don't get to walk my daughter down the aisle at her wedding. If I don't have my health, then I'm going to lose a lot of things. So health is very important to me. Every once in a while, I'll have a Big Mac. Okay, ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm not going to have three of them this week. But everybody has to have a Big Mac once in a while, okay? None of us are perfect. Health means a lot to me. Number two, something that means a lot to me is my family. My family means, means a lot to me. My children, my grandchildren, they mean so much to me. I want to give time to them, whether they were young or now they're in their 30s or 40s. My girls, my grandchildren, my intimate family mean so much to me. And I want to be there for them. I have to make decisions. When my girls were in high school, they were both cheerleaders, and I made most of their games. And some were on Thursday afternoon when they were a freshman. Some were Friday or Saturday night. I missed some once in a while, speaking, whatever. But I was there most of the times. And even when they were cheering football on Thursday afternoons, my secretaries knew, don't schedule me anything from 3 to 5.30 on Thursdays. I'm going to go to the football game. I don't know how many years I have my daughter Watch her be a cheerleader. And I can honestly say, I was there. I could tell you that. I was there a lot. And I always remember something, and it's just a memory now, but it was real back there. At these games, my wife, I, <clears throat> excuse me, my wife and I would come in. We sit in the bleachers. Football game would start. Cheerleaders down there going rah rah, especially with my youngest daughter. There was a moment near the beginning of the game. They're done cheering and just standing like that. She would look up at me <clears throat> and see her mom and dad. She'd look up to me, and I'd look down at her, and I'd always do something. i look at her, and I'd give her a wink and a nod. I love you, and I'm here, and I'm watching you. And she would give me a wink and a nod. That's a great memory I have. She's not a cheerleader anymore. Um, but I got a lot of memories. 
of the wink and the nod because I took the time. My family means a lot to me. Things I do with my grandchildren, whatever. My marriage is the third thing I value very much. My marriage to my wife. I don't want to celebrate our love on Valentine's Day and an anniversary only. It's got to be more true than that. She's my first love and will always be my first love. My love for her is pure and holy. I love her with all my heart. And I hope we have a lot more years together. There's no one else I'd rather be with. And I showed her that. I live it. I try to speak it. And if I don't do it as often, then something's wrong with me. I want her to know I really do love you. I really do. Fourth thing that means a lot to me is my relationship with God. My relationship with God. I agree with Paul. I really want to know the Lord. Not as a pastor, that very secondary. I told my wife, if I die before you one day and you had that grave marker, you know, they put your name and the year you were born and the year you died, I said, um, do you mind if I tell you what to put on my grave marker? About on a grave marker? Yes. Okay. Now, I once was talking to my wife about um, if I die, what do you put on my grave marker? I said, if you don't mind, I would like to tell you what to put on my grave marker. And I remember she looked at me and said, you really had a long, long week, haven't you? I go, no, it's... It's all right, it hasn't been that long, but can I tell you what to put, you know, under the name, the year, and all that? Could you put a man of God? A man of God. You have to put beloved husband, pastor, whatever, dad. If I'm a, a man of God, those things will fall in mind. Can you just put a man of God? And she says, okay, I'll do that for you. And what's interesting, around two weeks later, I had a dream about heaven. Okay, and I've had two dreams about heaven. I'll share them sometime. But this is the one. I dreamt I was in heaven, and I got to look down at my memorial service. They were having a service in honor of me. Okay, and then we went to where the graveside was, and I was looking, and people said some nice things and all that. Then it's like the Lord said, I'm going to zoom in down where your grave is. And right alongside was a grave marker. And I zoomed in close, and it said Michael Slater. I looked at the date, and it was blurry. Thank God. I couldn't see the date clear. Okay? That's all right. But then underneath that, it said, a man of God. A man of God. That means a lot to me. More than pastor, reverend, and everything else. 
I'm deeply in love with Jesus Christ. Fifth thing that means a lot to me, told you health, family, marriage, God. Fifth is just what I call my ministry. Um, it's a value I see as so important and I live it out and breathe it for the last, gosh, I don't know, 40, 50 years since I was here as a youth minister years ago. And that's my ministry of encouragement. I, I care for people. I want to encourage them in their life. I want to come alongside. I want to give the hug, the dollar, the, the Coke, the taco, whatever. People mean a lot to me. And every week I spend time. Who can I email? Who could I write? Who needs a phone call? Whether here or somewhere else. This week I... I made a phone call to someone here in the church about the floods. I thought where they lived in Monroe, they might have been impacted by it, and I wanted to know. And I gave him a call one evening. Are you all right? I'm not sure where you live, but I, I heard about Monrovia. I know you live there. I want to make sure you're all right, okay? I want to live and breathe encouragement and support. I want to say to the secretary, get home early. Go, go get home early. I don't, I don't want you to be on the road. It's treacherous tonight. Get home early. Safety of your home. That's all I do in life is I spend a lot of time encouraging people. Well, it's 2022. We get to live another year, and we get to live a year of things we value the most. You have to answer that, and i got to answer it. What are they? Five things that I value. Am I truly putting time, effort, thought into those five things? If they do, if you do, I'll tell you something. Those five things are almost priceless. They're so good, and i got to believe you're going to have a good 2022. Hey, bless you, each one of you. I hope it made you think. Next Sunday, we'll see you in person. Hopefully, I'll be able to give you a hug and hello, and we'll worship together with the praise band and the choir, and we'll begin a series on trusting God, okay? Let me have a word of prayer with you, and I wish you then a great, great day. Lord, it's good that we have even means like this, cameras, online streaming that brings us together. And illnesses and COVID and all the stuff can't keep us apart. And thank God for that. I thank you for you to help set this up, like Victor, that helped me put this together. And uh, I pray it was an inspiration. The music, these spoken words that inspired people, maybe even on a cold, uh, rainy week. Next week we'll gather again, and that will be good. Bring the people to this church, new ones, new families, to love and to worship and to grow together in our love for Jesus Christ. I thank you for every person part of this church. I thank you for the many that will come and become part of this church this year. I believe that with all my heart. And I thank you for allowing me to be here at this moment as the pastor. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I'll see you next Sunday.
Thanks for joining us. And if you enjoyed our podcast, you can subscribe and share with your friends. To support our ministry, go and click in the link in the description to give online. To connect with us, to know more about who we are, go to our website at onehopetemplecity.org. And also you can find us on Instagram at onehopetemplecity. We would love to hear from you. May God bless you. See you next week.